Good morning, good evening, wherever you are listening in the world. Welcome back to Range Anxiety, one of the most popular automotive sort of niche podcasts that's going around at the moment. Great results, 30 years of my automotive tuning experience in 30 minutes. I'm your host, Martin Donnan, and together we talk about and discuss everything cool and not so cool that's happening in the world of motor cars. Today, one of my pet favorites. You would have heard the opening track if you're old enough to remember it. It's called Popcorn. And I was listening to that as I was belting down the road this morning in my Tesla Model 3 performance. And what better way to record a podcast than to do it on your way to work? Because today I'm going to have to deal with some of the topic at hand. Now, that topic is known as pop and bang tuning. And the people that do it are known as crackle tuners. It's something that's become an epidemic in the past few months. And my feedback, yes, we always do a bit of feedback, that old DTECH, D-T-E-C-H, at senet.com.au. That feedback keeps asking me, Martin, talk about crackle tuning, talk about pops and bangs, talk about burbles. And quite honestly, I could think of many better things to talk about. Well, if I have to talk about it seriously, but I'm more than happy to sit here and take the piss out of what has become a new tuning style. So, where did it all start? First, let's define what a pop and bang tune is. We've probably all seen uh, members of the, the VW Audi group driving down the road, Golfs, Audis, S3s, RS3s. And whenever these guys get off the throttle or change gears, it sounds like someone breaking wind after a bad tindaloo. Yep, tindaloo, not vindaloo. It's even worse, apparently, according to my English friends. And, yeah, they drive along, change gears, pop up, bang, bang, bang. And people have fallen in love with it. And I must admit, back in 2015, I thought it was pretty cool too. I was uh, fortunate enough to spend a bit of time driving a well, it might have been late 2014, actually, driving an A45 AMG. And to me, that was the first car that I'd really experienced that popped and banged and crackled and burbled with some aggression. Yeah, it was quite loud. And in fact, in sport mode on gear shift, it was that loud that we used to call the car, and my lovely wife Lisa actually tagged this term, she called it Bardigus, the German god of gas. Because that's exactly what it sounded like. And it was cool, and it was fun. It was a bit like um, the fart mode that you get in a Tesla where you can make the seats fart. It's cool for about three minutes till you show everyone you know, and then you never end up using it again. Like, I don't think I've turned on the emissions mode for six months because, quite frankly, it's boring. And this is the same as crackle tuning. However, that doesn't stop people wanting it and wanting it more and more and more and not just from the target market those cars that are actually designed to pop bang crackle and gurgle but from generic run-of-the-mill cars cars such as v6 holdens you know v6 chevrolets and buicks that are barely cooking version things out of the box that are you know just nice transport cars but people want 
yeah, you know, I'd like a custom tune. How much for a custom tune, you know, on the dyno? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it's X, Y, Z amount of dollars and it takes half a day. Yeah, can we get pops and bangs? And I'm like, you for real? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want pops and bangs. We want a crackle tune. So when someone asks me this, there are some cars that it's just not possible on, right? And some cars that respond really well to it. A lot of tuners mask the fact they don't know how to do it by saying, nope, I just refuse to do it. I'm not getting into that. It's silly. And they're right. It is silly, but that's no reason to refuse to do it. In fact, there can be some sick pleasure derived from giving these cats more than they ask for. So if your car can do it, I'll say, oh, absolutely, of course. We'll add as many pops and bangs as we can. Now, all cars will pop and bang a bit differently. I think I just said that and I'm repeating myself, but that's bad luck. You're listening. I'm talking. So some cars are better at it than others. And, you know, your normally aspirated car that isn't a particularly high RPM machine, it's hard. It's a hard thing to do. There are some um, exceptions, like 350Zs. They, the Nissan, they pop and bang and crackle and carry on like machines. They are beauties, those things if you know how to get them right. Um, other cars like the, the Holdens that I mentioned, very, very difficult to get an effective result out of. Um, but it can be done. So how do we do it? Well, it's quite nice if you have software that allows it in the first place. Now, because a lot of these European cars that we covered off, the Audis, the AMGs, the Volkswagens, etc., they're created and tuned from the factory with this kind of shenanigans in mind. So making them pop and bang isn't particularly difficult. They have um, spark retard limits, spark reinsertion, uh, deceleration torque amounts. There's a whole big uh, wad of software there that you can just wind up and it makes it more aggressive. Sometimes it's not quite that easy. Sometimes you've got to have a, you know, a fiddle around with it. But once you've got one right, like an A45, for example, where they want increased pops and bangs. Once you've got one right, you can save that as a template and then apply it across the rest of the range. What isn't so easy is when you get more sensible cars. Cars like Nissan GDRs, they're becoming quite common for pops and bangs. And with the standard ECU, it's a little tough. So how do you do it? The big thing you have to do is you have to trace what the engine's doing live in that zone where you want it to pop and bang so you've got to have a look and when you get off the throttle or when you lift a shift if you do lift a shift it's very hard to do actually uh, this kind of tuning in a car that doesn't have the factory strategies with a non um, lift a shift like a dct gearbox we hold it flat thankfully most of them do it stock but we say the gdr for a subaru we will trace the map and we'll see what happens when you're off throttle see which part of the numbers normally it's you know high vacuum high rpm when the throttle shut and you're coasting and in those spots the first thing we do is we take a heap of ignition timing out of the maps so we go into full retard essentially going into full retard what that does is when it ignites when the spark timing ignites your mixture it'll do so with the exhaust valve partially open and start to ignite the mixture out in the turbine housing or out in the exhaust system where you know it really shouldn't be but 
it is. And this, this leads to spontaneous combustion of whatever else is left in the overly rich mixture, which you have also introduced into the exhaust system. Now, these are broad strokes. These are slash and burn techniques for crackle tuning. And it does sound a bit stupid, and that's because it is. It is very stupid. Um, but with some fine tuning and with some testing, you can make the things make noises that they normally wouldn't make. And voila, you have what's the, the makings of a crackle tune. Brilliant. Fantastic, maybe, if that's what lights your fire. And then, once you've developed this, you can save those maps, as I've said before, as a template and just push them into, or those areas of the maps, just push them into other cars where the owner wants the same result. The problem is, with all of this, is that the owners normally don't know what it is that they want. They want it, they want it, they want it, you give it to them, they don't want it. For example, I got bullied, yeah, I always get bullied, I got bullied into a big crackle, pops and bangs, gurgle tune on a C63S the other day. Twin turbo Merc, it's reasonably easy to do in those things. The software's there to do it, it loves it. So, you know, Martin, I wanna make sure everyone can hear me coming. Everyone can hear this guy coming, all right, and going, it was like a machine gun. It's fantastic, but I knew we were taking bets that we'd be seeing this guy again within 10 days. Well, it turned out it was within two days. Oh, Martin, you've got to do something about this. I'm, I'm worried someone's going to call the police. Now, the 5-0 intervention, or possible 5-0 intervention, happened when this guy was cruising down his street into his driveway. The thing was popping and banging like an AK-47. And his neighbour, who was across the road manicuring his front turf, ducked like someone was actually taking a shot at him. I was much pleased with this result. There was much giggling and it was all pretty cool uh, but the guy's like you, you got to take it out you got to take it out i said but hang on you forced me to do this i gave you what you wanted are you not happy with it well i was but now i'm not so now i have to now you have to take it out so that just wasted an hour of my life dealing with the car rewriting the software changing the maps taking it out and then they come back to you and say well that's like it was stop can you put a little bit more in yeah, I can hear up in front of me. Actually, the ultimate pops and bangs machine, but they do it on acceleration, are Harley, Hardly Davison. Yep, there's lots of Nike bikies around here with them. They seem to be the accountant's machine of choice. So anyway, back to this AMG. I fixed it for the guy. I took a bit of pity on him because I did go overly aggressive. I fixed it up for the guy. We reinserted the standard protocols, and yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Maybe added a little bit more just for flavor, and got it nice for him. But this is a recurring story. Everyone normally, unless they're a complete psychopath that asks for more pops and bangs, is back on your doorstep, and as a tuner, you're wasting time taking it out. You're best off to educate them in the first place. However, in most cases, there is no educating these guys and gals. They want it, they want it, they want it, and they don't. So what I do, if you're in a tuning game and you're one of my peers or partners and you're listening to this, is you'll charge, if they're really, really insistent, you'll charge like $100 more for extra pops and bangs because you know you're gonna spend that $100 taking it out. 
the same thing applies to my next most detested form of tuning, which is ghost cams or ghosties. It goes back, I'm quite good at it, it goes back to the days of the Holy Grail for those of you that listen to Slash and Burn, where the idea was to make an engine run bad enough at idle that it could almost blow itself up. There's some lessons learned from Holy Grail tuning that you put into ghost cams. You have to make the car that horribly inefficient and run that terribly that it behaves like it has overlap. Now you can do this not too bad with variable cam timing cars where you can swing the camshaft position around to actually make them run like shit. But as soon as the throttle's activated or there's any load, they will revert to a standard position. So yeah, you can do that. Um, in a non-VCT car, like something like a, an LS1, for example, it's a lot harder to do. You can do it by messing around with the fuel, making it run super lean to the point where it's almost misfiring, commanding a funny idle target, and then using the ignition control system to bounce the spark timing around for a really, really shitty result. And people love it for about 10 minutes. And they're always back. You know, I was the guy you did the ghost cams for last week. Is there any chance you could take that out? Because I want to sell a car. And, uh, you know, that's, that's my favourite. I want to sell a car. And people might think there's something wrong with it. Well, there is something wrong with it. And you asked for it. And I did it. And you were happy. But now you're not. Stop changing your mind. And no, it's not a female thing. This is not a sexist show. This is very equal. It's mainly men that have these problems and can't make their mind up and their wives drive the car and rightly enough you know women that aren't into cars have good intuition about something being wrong and they go what have you done to the car it runs like shit and it's using more fuel and people are looking at me at the traffic lights yeah oh yeah I think it was the guy I took it to for a service because rarely do they tell their partners they're actually paying for a performance tune it's like oh there's something wrong with the car and uh, they tried to fix it, but they've made it worse with the ghost cams. And then, invariably, what happens is these guys, you know, are busy at work. I'll send the wife down on the day off with the car, and can you just, you know, sort it out and make it idle normally? Well, yeah, of course I can. Then you're getting death looks from the wife, like you have actually ruined our family car because you don't know what you're doing. No, I ruined your family car because your husband is a pillock. And that's what he wanted. So yeah, there's all sorts of sleight of hand uh, in in pops and bangs, um, ghost cams, and all of that folly that should never really be put into cars. But people want it's like a drug. You know, I used I used popcorn, that old chestnut, as introduction introductory trick track for this episode. I should have used Grandmaster Flash, White Lines, because, you know, the more they want it, the more they hear it, the more they've got to have it, till they realise it's just ruined their life. So, yeah, I will try and talk you out of it, but by goodness, if you come to me wanting pops and bangs and ghosties and you're all bravado, I know no matter how much of it I'm going to do, I'm going to be taking it out, so you're going to get it, and you're going to get it hard, so be warned. Now, all of this might sound funny to the ear, I think it sounds obnoxious, but it's also really, really bad for the engine. Oh look, that was an XR6 with no 
rear muffler going past then, I'm, I'm alongside an LS1 that also sounds like it has no rear muffler, I reckon they're out on their way for a pops and bangs tune today. However, it's not good for the engine at any time that you're igniting unburnt mixture in the exhaust system, you're doing things that the engine doesn't want. You're raising the exhaust gas temperatures, you're raising the exhaust valve temperature, you're putting undue stress on the exhaust system, and in the case of a turbocharged car, you're sending turbine inlet temperatures through the roof, all of which shorten the life of the turbocharger and the engine overall. Yeah, it's no good. In fact, I reckon I accidentally did the best pops and bangs tuning ever. This thing sounded like a 12 gauge going off every time you shifted gears. And it was when we were building racy, big thousand horsepower WRXs with sequential transmissions in them and programming them with the stock ECU. What would happen is that because a lot of these drivers didn't have the skill to you know, lift and shift and there was no real way of putting a full throttle shift cut into the factory management system where you know the, the system sees that the gear knobs being pulled momentarily cuts fuel and spark. We had to use an aftermarket box that just um, interfaced in to the system, uh, the factory ECU and the gear knob and would cut either fuel or spark. And we had it cutting spark so that when these so-called drivers would pull a stick it would cut the 2000cc E85 throwing injectors momentarily, that's better, and fill the exhaust and turbine housing, mainly the turbine housing with fuel, and so when it resumed, kabang! And these things would actually sound like 12 gauge shotguns going off as they would plough down the strip or down the road if they were being driven quick enough and it was cool you know people a block away would go what was that is someone shooting at someone it was violent we thought it was cool as hell cool as cat shit until the thing started smoking they would actually explode such was the force of these things and the fact the explosions in the exhaust and the fact that we're using precision turbochargers which are God's gift to power production, but don't like a lot of upset um, for a long life in the exhaust system, it would blow, as Dirty Harry would say, it would blow the exhaust wheels clean off these turbochargers. Like, better than a Magnum 44, this explosion in the exhaust would actually fracture, shatter, and spray the exhaust wheels out of the exhaust. First it would start to eat the tips, and then eventually the whole thing would fail. And I'm not talking about fail over years, I'm talking about fail over about 20 runs. And we kind of worked it out once these turbos were exploding, you know, at 35, 40 PSI boost with explosions going off in them. Yeah, they would explode and precision turbos aren't very cheap. So yeah, that was probably my holy grail of crackle tuning, pop and bang or burble tuning. So right now, with the new gasoline filters that are on European cars, all of the crackle and pop has been taken away from the 20 models and 21 models because I think the European Union decided that it is actually offensive and sounds like shit. But all of the fanboys that have run out and bought their new S3 or whatever, hoping it was going to be like 
they're 18, just more powerful and newer, are now facing a false dawn of no crackles and pop. So of course, the phone goes every day with people saying, you know, I just bought the latest 2021 model and the thing doesn't crackle anymore, can we do it? Well, you can, but the main reason that the manufacturers have steered away from such stupidity in the current spec car is the gasoline filter. It's like a diesel particulate filter, basically, for a petrol car. They don't want masses of explosions smashing the living daylights out of this filter, causing your exhaust to block and you know, causing the car to run terribly and possibly causing damage. Oh yeah, well, I'll, just, I'll just get the exhaust shop to, to, to take the gasoline filter out. You can put the crackles and pops back in. How will a deal of you that, you know? Will it affect my warranty? Well, what do you reckon, Sherlock? You're ripping apart the basis of the car for some puerile noise. Of course it's going to affect your warranty. In fact, the dealer's going to love it. They're going to laugh at you. You should have actually stuck with your 18 model because it sounds better, but it doesn't have any of the emission controls in it. Sure, it might not have as many options on the touchscreen, but let's face it, who cares about that with performance cars? Well, some people do. So yeah, think long and hard before you go and ask your tuner for pops and bangs, because you'll be seeing them again. It's not a lot of fun for us in the game, and it's not a lot of fun for you when everyone's looking at you when you're going down the road. The whole thing is actually a fair pain in the ass. Oh, look, I've got a couple of guys in a PJ Ranger laughing next to me. They're having fun. Hopefully, they're subscribing. I'll give them some hand signals to tell them to hook up to the podcast. So, next episode, I promise we'll get back on to the Ford boys and girls and the fun of the XR6 forums because that was a lot of fun and there's still a lot more uh, stories to tell there. But I also want to talk about this amazing bubble, and it is a bubble that's occurring with the price of Japanese cars at the moment. Their prices have gone off their heads and it's not just the R34 GDR. I mean, you know, that, that is a kind of a nice car, but it's also an ancient thing. It's only value is as a classic, you know, it's not particularly fast and it's not particularly good to drive. You know, people are gonna be raising their eyebrows here, but there are so many eight second GDRs, R34s around Martin, you clearly do not know what you're talking about. Well, my argument is you can make anything fast if you throw 200000 dollars at it and are prepared for it to blow up every 20 minutes. Um, but it's not just the GDRs, you know, cool sledgehammer that they are. It's stuff like basic WRXs and, you know, old flogged cut-and-shut Evos. Their prices are going up sort of in sympathy. And it, it's bloody spooky to sit back and watch because these cars are, are changing hands for big dollars and most of them are absolute piles of junk that you wouldn't own. I mean, good ones are good, and good ones are worth money, but good ones are also bloody hard to find, and there are people just rushing out with their FOMO, their fear of missing out on this fantastic opportunity for an investment-grade bargain. They're paying like upwards of 30 or 40 grand for things that are fit for the scrapyard, and they're gonna be left in 12 to 24 months' time with a five grand pile of crap which is what the car actually is now. So we'll cover the bubble. I've seen it before. I've seen it before in Porsches and I've seen, you know, body filler sales went through the roof while everyone was trying to cash in on 
patching up their rusted out heaps of shit to put into the unsuspecting public. So we're going to cover that off after we come back to Tuna Wars 4, or it probably should be called Tuna Wars 5, and investigate what happens to the Ford boys. So send me your feedback to dtech at senet.com.au. That's D-T-E-C-H at senet.com.au. And thank you for listening to Range Anxiety.